the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Uh, I have that stuck in my head every day now because I jokingly said it one time in the beginning of a podcast and now I just can't stop. I can't help myself. Um, You guys, filming this on a Sunday night as usual for our lovely Monday morning podcast, but I made a mistake because usually I like to share a little lesson from church earlier in the day. I tried to go to a new cowboy church today and got completely lost, missed the service, completely bungled it. Um, so that was a, a funny little adventure, I guess. I ended up walking around some random street and I was like, <laughs> have you seen the the show The Office where Pam is like, I feel God in this Chili's tonight. That's what I was trying to tell myself of like, I feel God on this random downtown street. <laughs> No, it didn't make me feel any better. Um, that being said, lots of headlines today. Let's get right into them. So the first thing I want to go over with you guys today is the history of someone special called Joan of Arc. Now, I am a huge history nerd. I've said it a million times at this point, but I run a nonprofit where I interview survivors from communist and socialist countries. So that's one nerdy thing that I like to do. I've been since in high school, I started being an officer of my local veterans of foreign wars, the VFW ladies auxiliary, because my, my father's a veteran. He recently retired as a colonel. I loved looking at the history of the wars worldwide and that our own nation has been in. And so that was another little history nerd thing. I love the history of Russia, not only the communist history, but also especially Catherine the Great and how they tried to bring the lessons of the Enlightenment into Russia. But guess what? That didn't work very well. And if you listen to Freedom Papers with Connor Clegg and I at Turning Point USA, first of all, you'll see that another history thing that I like to do is talk about America's founding. And so we break down all the Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers, the ratification debate of the U.S. Constitution, baby. But on Freedom Papers, I always bring this up with Connor when we talk about the radical left today, bringing up the 1619 Project and acting like America is just so horrible for all of our misdeeds in the past, as if there's no other um, errors of the human of humanity that we've seen in human history. And one of those great examples that I like to bring up when we're talking about debunking the 1619 Project and such is the history of Catherine the Great and Russia before it turned communist because uh, serfdom was a part of Russia for a very, very, very long time before America was ever even a thought, right? Before it was ever even a blip of a thought, serfdom, which is the enslavement of other people, not based on race, right? But literally just white people enslaving uh, white people in this case. That was happening in that country for a very long time. It was the economy. It was the structure. And Catherine the Great took her husband out of power after marrying into his line. So she's not from that country, moves there, marries him, uh, becomes the empress, gets rid of her husband, 
basically kills, um, gets rid of his of her husband, becomes the empress, the czar of Russia. It's a really cool story. And then, because in the 1700s, we see the enlightenment and the ideas of the idea of self-governing and people having autonomy over their own body and the idea of, of a f- true freedom of the people, of God's people, that was reaching all throughout the world. And it was starting in Europe and reaching from Europe out to way out to Russia. And so Catherine the Great was trying to be a student of the Enlightenment and bring these ideas to Russia. And let's just say it wasn't really working. Okay. She, she literally had to give up those hopes for her country. And so, uh, hearing about that is just fascinating. But again, I could go on about that. I want to talk to you guys about another very interesting story throughout history. That's Joan of Arc. Okay. I'm looking at history.com right now because I wanted to give you guys an actual appropriate, uh, breakdown of what happened there so that we can get into the actual news story because this is a crazy one. But let's get a little history on Joan of Arc first. Joan of Arc, a pious peasant in medieval France, believed that God had chosen her to lead France to victory in its long-running war with England. With no military training, Joan convinced Crown Prince Charles to allow her to lead a French army to the besieged city of Orleans, where they achieved a stunning victory. A young, pious peasant led a French army. After seeing the prince crowned King Charles VII, Joan was captured by enemy forces, tried for witchcraft, and burned at the stake at the age of 19. By the time she was canonized in 1920, Joan of Arc was considered one of the greatest of one of history's greatest martyrs and the patron saint of France. Wow, right? A teenager had a message from God, convinced a prince who turned into a king to help her lead, let her lead an army. She victoriously leads the army and then becomes the patron saint of France. That is the whole point, that she was a young woman who led up and it led to her death, the, the sacrifice that she made in her life for the, the calling that she felt. That's the story of Joan of Arc, right? So I love that story. People, people think of it as like an, an Esther story in many ways. I've heard the comparisons. It's, it's a beautiful story, right? Well, now I want to give you a little, a little breakdown of what we're dealing with, with wokeism now coming for the dead. Now they're going back in history and not just rewriting historical events to fit a political narrative in terms of uh, actual power or who won what or who pressured who into doing a certain act. No, no, no. Now they're going back and rewriting history uh, with wokeism. Okay? I'm looking at a Daily Caller headline. It says, Rewriting History. New play at one of the world's most famous theaters is going to portray Joan of Arc as gender neutral. Yes. Why? Why? The article says a new play at Shakespeare's Globe Theater in London will portray French heroine Joan of Arc as gender neutral using they, them pronouns. The play, titled I, Joan, will open August 25th and run until October 22nd, the theater's website reads. The production is described by the theater as alive, queer, and full of hope. Quote, rebelling against the world's expectations, questioning the gender binary, Joan finds their power and their belief spreads like wildfire, says their website. The theater's statement on 
Identity and I, Joan, written by Shakespeare's Globe Artistic Director, Michelle Terry, says their portrayal of the heroine as using they-them pronouns is consistent with history as early as 1375. I'm sorry, but it, it's fascinating because for thousands of years, humans have only used proper pronouns, and the left really can't handle that fact because history immediately disproves their narrative, right? That, that oh, well, now we're just a more accepting people and people are starting to come out of the woodwork. Really? It took them thousands of years to get to this point to finally be confident? We had that many? Gen Z. Right now, 40% of Gen Z apparently is in the LGBTQIA population. I would say that that's more indicative of political indoctrination and coaxing an entire generation into a political gender ideology because you're telling me it would take thousands and thousands of years to finally reach this all of a sudden? All of a sudden, we hike up to 40%? So taking it to this... When you look at the history of humans, the fact that we never had any of this, and maybe if we did, it's a tiny little example or exception. That kind of disproves the whole narrative that they have, that this is actually a very normal thing to be non-binary. So what they're doing is now going in and trying to find moments where they can add their narrative into history. And who's going to push back? Do we have the living descendants of Joan of Arc? Is Joan of Arc here to say, hey, no, I was a woman? Where are people going to stand up and say, you know, the whole point of Joan of Arc was that she was a young, powerful teenage girl and she stood up and led an army and that's kind of the whole point of the story. But now you're erasing that. Guess what they're erasing there, guys? Womanhood. So not only do we not breastfeed anymore as women, we're we're chest feeders. I mean, they don't even say woman anymore. They will often say people who have the capacity to get pregnant. Okay, thank you very much. So now they're going to the inspiring stories that little girls like me would hear when we were growing up and be inspired by. Like the story of Joan of Arc, a young teenage girl that led an army in France and became the patron saint. Wow, this is really sad, actually. At first I was just kind of frustrated, but now I'm like, really? They have to take away young idols that girls look up to? As role models now, even? Really? Okay, I digress. Let's check this out again. So I'm looking at the the Shakespeare's Globe picture that they posted of this. So it says, I, Joan, on the screen. It's this maroon fabric in the background. And then it's a basically almost naked woman who's all dirtied and covered in, in marks. And she has just a chest binder wrapped around her chest. But her cleavage is kind of sticking out a little bit. Is this supposed to be a chest binder? The kind, the kind they sell at Target. If you guys are still shopping at Target, FYI, Target was selling chest binders for children. Um, okay. Article says, Frank Ferretti, a professor at University of Kent, told the Times that the play was, quote, rewriting history, and the content of the play projected a, quote, fantasy backwards. Someone like Joan of Arc would not have any idea what non-binary was. <laughs> it is a recharacterization of something that did not even exist at the time, Ferretti told the Times. The article says Joan of Arc was a female military leader who defeated the English at the siege of Orleans during the Hundred Years' War. She was captured a year later and burned at the stake as a heretic in 1920. The Catholic Church made Joan of Arc a saint. You guys, that's a dang shame. A dang shame. Now, if that wasn't enough wokeism for you, oh boy, buckle up, okay? Because we are solving racism by being super racist. If you aren't down with that yet, then you need to go to re-education camp and fix yourself, okay? Looking at a headline now. This is the new normal, 
Unless we fight back, this is the new normal. Ready? Minneapolis School District defends plan to fire white teachers first. What? So, yes, you guys, we're going to get into what their defense was, but let me just preface this. There was a school in Minneapolis, and they have a new standard that was made public that if they ever have to fire teachers because they have too many on staff and they need to, you know, get more fit with the budget, they will evaluate the race of the person that they are intending to let go. If that person is a member of the minority class, they will be skipped over and their job will be saved. Their ability to provide for their family will be saved. If you are not a member of a, a minority class, then you will have your job axed first. You will have people of color skipped for firing, even though they're more deserving of getting fired. And they will. the school will specifically target white people to be fired first, all in the name of equality and fairness and justice, and of course their new buzzword, equity. Because equity is what they can use to justify this. It doesn't seem fair, right? To fire someone over their race, over if they should be fired or not based on their qualifications or their, their job performance, that's racism. And so instead of being able to call it racism, like we would easily call it out for what it is, the left can say, no, it's equity because it helps us keep our diversity numbers for all of the staff at a proper level. So it's, it's equitable to fire the white person based on them being white, even though you guys might call it racism, you evil conservatives. Okay. This article is by the Post Millennial, by the way. Um, let's read it. It says the Minneapolis Teachers Union ended their strike at Minneapolis public schools earlier this year, striking a deal as part of their new contract that in the event of layoffs or downsizing, white teachers would be terminated first, regardless of seniority. After the school received backlash, because it's appropriate, backlash against this racist termination practice, which is in clear violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, you guys, which bars discrimination and employment on the basis of race, FYI, the school district is now defending the new plans. Quote, to remedy the continuing effects of past discrimination, Minneapolis Public Schools and the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers, MFT, mutually agreed to contract language that aims to support the recruitment and retention of teachers from underrepresented groups as compared to the labor market and to the community served by the school district. The district's policy takes the employee's race into consideration, which you're literally not supposed to do because of the Civil Rights Act, when deciding who to lay off instead of based on seniority, as is typically the case. Their reasoning is that this is in some ways a remedy to past discrimination. So the agreement reads, quote, starting with the spring 2023 budget tie-out cycle, if accessing a teacher who is a member of a population underrepresented among licensed teachers in the state, so if you have to fire someone to excess, I guess in this situation is if you don't have enough money and you have to let people go, the district shall access the next least senior teacher who is not a member of an underrepresented population. This effectively means a white teacher who has been around longer could be fired ahead of a newly hired teacher of color purely due to their race. When Biden's Department of Agriculture proposed a plan to give grants and loans to black farmers ahead of white farmers for the sole purpose of righting past wrongs, a court struck it down. 
The court said that today's farmers should not be paying the price for the department's prior discrimination. In essence, the department is not allowed to discriminate now simply to make up for discrimination in the past. So guys, this they're including this about the farmers because it's a great example, right? You cannot use past discrimination as a justification legally, constitutionally, to judge someone and punish someone based on their race now today. So this, if this does go to court, it probably will reference that court case of the black farmers and the white farmers to strike it down. So hopefully, but again, you guys, this is the thing with these woke people. Even if they know it's going to go to the courts, they're at least going to shove it through and they'll fight it out because they know it'll take years. It'll take millions of dollars. And then they also have so much money in their legal advocacy groups. They're ready for cases like this. They want to spend years fighting this because they think that they're going to able going to be able to more easily pass this kind of change via litigation and lawsuits instead of by legislation because legislation means you have to get the people that are in charge that are put into power by the voters the people of the united states and the people of the united states most of us would look at this situation and go what the h-e double hockey sticks are you doing firing someone over their race what that's the whole point of living in this country right i don't know okay here we go moving on Attorney Hans Bader explained that the Minneapolis policy violated Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which made it illegal for employers to discriminate based on race. He pointed out that in 1996, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in Taxman versus Board of Education of Piscataue, a long word, that school districts can't lay off teachers based on race, even for diversity purposes. Okay, so there's already been a Court of Appeals situation that struck this kind of thing down. Great. Lots of, this is good. This has got good history, but it is probably going to go to the court. So stay tuned on this one, you guys. How crazy is that? All right. So if that story didn't infuriate you over how ridiculous it is, just wait and get ready for the next one. This is a, a big episode, you guys. I'm looking at a headline now from the Epic Times. 4.9 million illegal aliens crossed the U.S. border in the first 18 months of the Biden administration. Basically, 5 million illegal immigrants are now in our country just in the last 18 months, thanks to Biden. Let's get into it. Nearly 5 million illegal immigrants have crossed the U.S. border in the last 18 months since Biden took office, according to a new report. A total of 4.9 million illegal aliens, including some 900,000, quote, gotaways, gotaways who evaded apprehension and have since disappeared into american communities have entered the country by the end of july the federation for american immigration reform fair said in a statement on august 16th quote roughly the equivalent of the entire population of ireland has illegally entered the u.s since biden took office end quote the president of FAIR blamed Biden for putting down the unprecedented level of a surge down to just external factors, not the administration's own sabotage, what he called, of immigration laws. Stein said the endless flow of illegal aliens and the incursion of lethal narcotics pouring across our border will not end until this administration demonstrates a willingness to enforce our laws. This is a new surge. Two million illegal aliens have entered the country in the first 10 months of this financial year, according to data from U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. In June, more than 207,000 
immigrants were apprehended attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border, making this the highest number of June apprehensions in history, 207,000. Although July saw a slim decline in CBP encounters at the southern border of nearly 200,000, it turned out to be the 17th straight month with more than 150,000 encounters, representing a 325 percentage increase over the average number of July apprehensions under the Trump administration. CBP also reported 10 individuals on the FBI's terror watch list were apprehended in July between the ports of entry at the southwest border, pushing the total for the current fiscal year to 66. 66, you guys, people on the FBI's terror watch list this year alone. It says, meanwhile, CBP seized 2,130 pounds of synthetic opioid fentanyl last month, more than three times that intercepted in June and topping the previous monthly record of nearly 1,300 pounds set in April. Oh my gosh. So last month, the amount seized was 2,000 something. And previously, the record was 1,300. This nearly equals the total amount of fentanyl confiscated throughout 2019. Oh my goodness. Guys, it's getting crazy out there. I, I mean, I live down in, in the southern area of the country, and when I specifically got my house in San Antonio area, I remember hearing so many stories, especially um, from women with young children who maybe there and their husband had a ranch uh, near the border, and it was incredibly dangerous. My friend Jorge Ventura was just at the border. He actually, <laughs> I had a speech down um at a border town and it turns out Jorge was in town with his camera crew. They were covering the border and for like weeks and then they were there for that event that I was speaking at and my plane got canceled. There wasn't a flight out for a couple of days that I could get on. So I just drove up from the border with them up to Dallas, which was pretty fun. But seeing their footage was crazy. Like, Jorge's literally interviewing a rancher that is talking about how he was experiencing violence on his ranch and constant issues because of the illegal immigrants that were coming onto his property. And they aren't um, they aren't passive. They're quite aggressive. And as Jorge is filming this, somebody, I think the guy behind the camera, the camera guy, like notices that there's people in the bushes and they the rancher turns around on camera and then goes and does a citizen's arrest of the illegal immigrants that are hiding in the bushes behind uh the interview that's happening and it's just watching that is so surreal it's it's really crazy to see but i'm thankful for the reporting there at the border and speaking of the the concern that people have especially in arizona and in texas and in other areas where you're seeing this increase in crime and and dangerous behavior i totally understand it's really important for me to conceal carry a lot of you guys ask me what i do um so just to remind you guys again i usually use a glock 43x as my conceal carry for my everyday carry i am usually wearing pants or something and then i have an in the waistband holster that clips into my pants and then i can easily take it out it's very comfortable for me at least i know that some people have an issue with appendix style carrying so um if you don't then there's other ways you can do it but reach out to me if you have questions about the kind of holster that i'm using the one that i use at home though you guys is the the thing that i really love to store my weapon at my home because when it comes to self-protection you also need to be careful about this stuff in your own home i prepare and train for fast access to my gun gun safes are really great but sometimes hard to access quickly in an emergency and that is why i use vara safety's reach 2s 
So this is different from a standard gun safe because it's actually a hybrid between a safe and a holster. It looks like a holster, it's sleek, it's metal, but it keeps my gun locked and secure like a safe. So you can mount it next to your bed or in your vehicle. Mine's mounted right next to my bed. To use it, you literally just grab your gun and your thumb naturally lines up onto a fingerprint sensor on the safe. It's just like drawing from a holster, but only authorized users can unlock it because of the biometric sensor. So that's why I love it. It's very safe and secure, but fast. Okay, so it's a game changer. As soon as I grab my gun, I've got proper grip as well. It eliminates all the extra steps. And then just to put it back in, you literally just reholster it and push down the lock and then it's safe again. The Reach 2S is by far the fastest way for me to get my gun, and it checks all the boxes for security and reliability. I think everyone should have one in their car and in their home. I know I do, and I'm very thankful that this technology exists. Also, side note, VAR Safety is actually based right near my hometown in Saratoga, New York, so I'm especially appreciative of them. They build their product right here in the United States of America. Thank goodness. You guys can go get your own Reach 2S at varasafety.com. That's V-A-R-A safety.com. All right, you guys, I promise I was not exaggerating when I told you that you need to get ready for this episode, okay? Two more headlines. One is Joe Biden enlists China-owned TikTok to partner with federal voting assistance program in the 2022 midterm elections. Just think about that one for a second. All the things you know about TikTok. Okay, so this is by the Gateway Pundit, Jim Hoft. And I couldn't not show you this one, okay? It says, it is well known TikTok is owned by Beijing-based technology company ByteDance, which was founded in 2012 by Chinese billionaire Zhang Yiming. For this reason, President Trump announced he was going to ban TikTok. Trump wisely issued three executive orders banning American businesses from working with TikTok or WeChat. President Trump did not allow any branch of the federal government to use the CCP's TikTok. Joe Biden hmm, revoked President Trump's TikTok executive orders in June of 2021. Even the head of the U.S. Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, requested Apple and Google in June to remove TikTok from their app stores due to, quote, serious national security threats, end quote, posed by the said mobile app, as reported by the Gateway Pundit. In a letter dated June 24, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr told Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores as it, quote, harvests extensive amounts of personal and sensitive data from its American users. But now we have this, you guys. Joe Biden just welcomed TikTok into a formal partnership with the Federal Voting Assistance Program, a U.S. government agency set up to help overseas voters in the upcoming U.S. midterm elections. TikTok just launched their U.S. quote, Midterms Election Center. Users of their app will now be fed, quote, election information, not to be confused with what the CCP labels, quote, election misinformation in 40 languages. Among other things, the CCP's TikTok will instruct people how to vote by mail in their respective states. You literally cannot make this up. Even Ballotpedia, founder and CEO Leslie Graves, I used to use Ballotpedia as like a really respectable source. She says, quote, We believe the world will be a better place if every citizen has access to accurate, unbiased, and nonpartisan election information, who is on the ballot and what they stand for, so they can make informed decisions about their vote. 
We are pleased to work with TikTok to help their community not only understand the candidates and their positions, but also to empower them to feel confident when they cast their ballot. I mean, I'm sorry, you guys. I won't go on a TikTok rant because we all know it, but I think one of the most fascinating things about TikTok is that the algorithm incentivizes the dumbest things to go viral and get you followers and engagement in America, like doing sexual weird dances in front of a screen and things that are all about yourself and things that increase your desire to be liked by others and to become a sheep and not think for yourself and stare at your screen for hours at a day just scrolling, watching mindless content. That's the kind of stuff that is incentivized via the algorithm created by communist China when young Americans are looking at the screens. Even older ones use it too. But apparently in communist China, the people that are the videos that are pushed through the algorithm in that country are actually encouraging people to become stronger and smarter and more successful and proud of their country, excited to move forward and become a contributing member of their country. All these things, right? I mean, it only makes sense that if, if you're trying to bring down your enemy and China said this before, they will do it by the inside. They will do it through the inside inner workings of the United States to bring us down. That's what our enemies continue to say. So my question is, when we look at this kind of stuff, like the behavior of, of Biden, some of the things that I've, I've asked you guys before are, hmm, is this action intentional or just pure incompetence? And I think in a situation like this, you look at this and you look at the history of TikTok, you look at all the data. I mean, Joe Rogan has talked about this a lot on his show about how it's fascinating what TikTok can actually look at on your phone. Like you're giving them full access to everything on your phone. Communist China. The Biden administration, just a friendly reminder, has acknowledged that communist China is a country committing genocide against a large population of its people. And it's done a many, 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 many other things. It's a surveillance police state, a communist state. The CCP has been in charge for over 100 years at this point. This is what we're dealing with, okay? They have access to everything on your phone. And then if you look at the business connections between Hunter Biden and, and Joe Biden and the communist Chinese, and if you look at how compromised, based on the current exposed information of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, how compromised that family must be to now be put in office, who knows how. If you look at that, and it's kind of like, geez, well, if you want to bring down a country, this would probably be something that you would do, right? As president put in charge for nefarious reasons by sketchy people, this might be something that you would do is approve something like this. Does that make sense? Are you guys tracking? Like it just kind of, yeah, I mean, that's pretty in step with, with what somebody who doesn't really like our country remaining as it is would do. Okay. Now, what's funny is, uh, you know, you can't even say this kind of stuff out loud in front of somebody on the left or else they'll, they'll want to send you to January 6th jail. So knowing that it's kind of a no-no to even talk about these topics, I find it hilarious because I saw this video recently, and I'm going to play it for you so you can hear the audio, but it's just a compilation of all of these big figures on the left completely doing what they accuse us of doing all the time, but when we do it or when we say anything along those lines, we're told that we're insurrectionists, okay, and that we're enemies of democracy. By the way, we're a constitutional republic, but I digress. Here's the video. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice president of <laughs> Canada? 
Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put in the office because the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is a legitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. There absolutely is a cloud of illegitimacy. So that legitimacy is in question, yes. So that was a very tainted election. And in that sense, it's illegitimate. Why do you think the president is going to such great lengths to essentially prove that he beat you? Because he knows he didn't. He knows he's an ill. Hmm. <laughs> well, now you guys, if you didn't like hearing any of these things that I told you about today, the rewriting of history and the removal of fantastic and empowering female stories like Joan of Arc, making Joan of Arc into a trans, non-binary person, even though she was supposed to, you know, she was, not even supposed to. Her whole story is that she was a powerful teenage girl that led an army in France victoriously. The inspiring story of that. Now they're saying she didn't have a gender. They're firing white people first at, at schools in America because that's apparently fair now at least to the people of color, that according to job experience and performance should lose the job, if you have common sense. The 5 million illegal immigrants at record levels that are coming into the country in just the last 18 months. The idea of our president agreeing to work with a communist Chinese-owned data mining app, TikTok, to register voters and do what else for our elections? All of that. If you have a hard time taking that as they're shoving it down our throats, well, you might wonder, how did we get here? Well, it's because the left does something that a really great pack that I've been seeing lately called American Firebrand Pack is calling moral blackmail. If we don't comply, if we say any of our values, if we tell them there's a difference between a man and a woman, what do you know? We want people to die. They say this kind of stuff all the time. So to close this out, I wanted to encourage you that when you hear them use these conflated and emotional talking points that people will die, people are dying, that is completely empty and hollow, and you should not let it affect you. Because you do care about people, don't you? You do care about lives. You do care about life itself, because life is a beautiful thing. And you want to protect it, and you want to empower people to enjoy it as well and to get the most of it. That's really what this is all about, is, is the empowerment of others. That's what my values are about. I don't want people to be dependent on other things. I want them to feel safe and secure and be able to take care of themselves and their family because that's going to bring true, ultimate joy in their life. Long-lasting decades of joy, true joy. But it's the other side that tells us that because of our basic political views, people die. Uh, I want to do this because they, they sent a compilation and they posted it recently of all the, the recent times where the left has accused from political issue to political issue of 
it leading to death. And I hope this inspires you to stop caring when you're accused of being, what, a member of a death cult or uh, hoping kids die or trans people die or anything. It's completely empty. Okay, I'm going to play it. And then after that, you guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. If you guys uh, want a VARA safety holster slash gun safe, the one that I use in my home, you could go to varasafety, V-A-R-A safety.com and get one for yourself. I'm also getting one in my vehicle. I have a forerunner and I love it. It's my little adventure vehicle. Uh, I hope you guys have a great Monday. I'll see you next time. People are dying. People will die. Women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. If you are also not going to allow trans kids to play sports, children will die. We've seen that trans kids suffer from extremely high suicide rates. But to hear a 10-year-old say that they would rather die than experience male puberty. The most comprehensive study to date on climate change predicts more and more people are going to die from air pollution if changes are not made. People are suffering and dying. People are dying. These policies kill. People will die. People die. How many more people have to die to get some gun control? Your mistake is killing the children in your state. This decision and this policy will kill people. We are also going to see a lot of South Dakota women die because of this. It's not an extreme statement to say that women will die. I thought I was going to die. People are dying because of misinformation. How many more Americans have to die? People are dying and will die who don't have to die. This is a death cult. Let's get on with the dying. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.